0: follow along on my journey of learning from the best backcountry hunters each week as we explore valuable information I use to find success in the backcountry. Let's get to the show. Hey guys, Dustin here with another episode of the Long Range Pursuit podcast coming at you from wonderful Salt Lake City at the Western Conservation and Hunting Expo with uh, one of the guys that I've always found uh fascinating at the shows just I you know we we come to these shows and we we walk through the booths and stuff like that and that's it's always fun to see people at the booths but for me a big uh one of my favorite parts of these conservation expos and this one specifically is going to the auctions you know and the at the dinner evening in the evening events. and so uh became friends with uh John Bear the I mean you've been the main auctioneer here for how long John Uh well the the uh, expo
1: i think this is our 14th year and when i first started we had there was actually three organizations and they all had their own auctioneer so i did about a third of it and then uh, the sheep foundation went back to reno with their convention and sportsman for fish and wildlife and the mule deer foundation i ran the show here and then there was two of us And probably for the last 10 years, it's just been me. And then this year I hired a good friend of mine. The auctions are getting so big. (laughs) that I hired a good friend of mine. It's a really good auctioneer, uh young guy from down in central Utah. He's going to do the day auction for us today, so I just have to worry about the night auction.
0: Is that because your voice gets just worn uh, out? Yeah, I mean, we're selling 75.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, 75 tags in the day auction. You know, they're not all tags. We sell guns, fishing trips, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, it just, I mean, it just wears you out. And then we have, like, 56 tags tonight in the night auction. So And then you got clowns like me asking you to podcast. Oh, no, and that, I mean, I you You know, this is the fun kind of stuff, you know, to get to talk to people, you know, do podcasts. We did the early morning TV stuff here today and, you know, to talk about the expo, talk about Utah, talk about all the conservation stuff we got going on. You know, that's that's the fun part. So
0: and you're uh, sort of back up a little bit. You're originally from Utah. I mean, I know you've at least got a big presence here for a long time. Yeah, I grew up
1: uh, down in Manti, a little farm town right in the middle of Utah and, uh, you know, grew up on a sheep ranch down there. and then uh when I was early twenties I moved up to Utah County and lived in orem for a couple of years and I've lived in Springville for the last twenty some years. So Yeah,
0: Springville's a nice nice area to be in this yeah. this part of the world. It's not too big. It's close to everything that is yeah. big, but it's it's yeah, still I'm
1: five minutes from the lake, five minutes from the mountains. Yeah. And there's a Walmart if you need anything. So that's <laughs> Every that's all the essentials, that's right? It's right. good, it's good, it's good. Uh grew up hunting and stuff, I assume. Just yep, grew t- up t- typical. And fishing and uh always had a horse in the backyard to ride and took a 22 everywhere you know like i'm probably sure there's you know a lot of the same stories in this building this weekend you know guys grew up just hunting and fishing and it kind of in
0: your blood who you are from the day you were born so yeah it's what i love about this show um almost more than any of the other shows you know i've i've at this type of job i've had the privilege of going around probably like you do to multiple different hunting type trade shows across the west and you know and some even back east or whatever and uh it's interesting just a little bit different crowd at each one you know and yeah and it's not it's not bad or worse or one's better or worse it's just different and uh this this particular expo um you know for me it just feels like it kind of feels like a, a class reunion with your college buddies and you're talking about I mean, you can't whip out your phone fast enough and talk about, hey, man, like, look at this buck we were chasing. And, oh, I ran into you on the mountain. And, man, this is the one that got away. Or, look at that one you tipped over. It's just, isn't it just such an awesome atmosphere? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, of course, I was standing in the
1: hallway talking to the guys that, you know, thought up this show, you know, 15 years ago. And so I've kind of been involved with this show from the get-go but i go to the sheep show every year and do auctions out there i go down and do the uh weatherby foundation auction at dallas safari club and i uh you know i'm lucky enough to travel all over the western u.s and do auctions for different conservation groups and that but they all have their own personality they're all a little bit different crowd but i'm yet to go to a show where i felt like you know these aren't my people it's just I love it. I love the, you know, the people that hunting and the outdoors brings together, in my opinion, are just the salt of the earth. Whether you've been doing it for 30 years or whether this is your first year and you're just wanting to get into it, uh, you know, it's, it's a great place to come, like you said, hang out with old buddies, meet new friends, and it's just an
0: awesome group of people to spend a weekend with. Yeah. So I'm curious, you brought up, you know, talking to the guys who thought this up the first time what in you know talking to them or being kind of in those circles what what was their thought process behind this particular show
1: it was uh it was actually uh after wildlife board meeting a couple buddies of mine and we and uh they were trying to figure out it was actually after the division had allocated conservation permits and and uh it was a long meeting and we got all thinking you know instead of just constantly competing maybe we ought to see if there's some common ground and we can come together and put together one show where we can all get together and and bring all of our our vendors and sell our big permits and and get the most bang for our buck and get the most mileage out all these people that want to come to town and be part of what we're doing here and that's kind of kind of where it spawned from and then uh you know the one guy called down couple days later and checked on availability here at the salt palace and we started talking to some vendors and there was quite a bit of interest you know and now the first year you know we probably had almost all of one hall here (laughs) filled up and you know every couple years it'd grow a little bit and grow a little bit now every square inch of the salt palace is stuffed with vendors and i mean just where we're sitting here there's a knife company of course this Awesome gun company here. There's outfitters. There I mean, you look around here, there's every possible uh company that pertains to the outdoor industry is within thirty yards of us right here.
0: Yeah, that's you know, even for me, I haven't been I haven't been able to attend this show for fourteen years, but probably half of that, maybe six or seven at least. And just in that amount of time watching the expansion, because six or seven years ago, it was maybe half this big ball, yeah. ballpark, right? Yeah. It didn't even it didn't even spill over into the back yeah. half there. It just didn't. And uh, booths have getting, uh, gotten bigger for sure. You yeah. know, it seems like everyone's after more floor space, and that just goes that just speaks to the uh, amount of people and the traffic and the and the you know the force that's behind this. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just there's so much good going on here for hunting.
1: We could probably fit a few more vendors in, you know, we got a hundred vendors on our waiting list that want to get in here and we could probably fit a couple more in, but we'd have to shrink the aisles down and that we don't really want to do that. We like that, you know, well, there's a lot of kids here and there's a lot of families (laughs) here and, you know, people pushing strollers around and we want it that way. And so you don't want to cramp people down in the aisles. You don't want it to be uncomfortable to get around. You want you want it to be easy access to all the vendors and that. So we have nice, big, wide aisles, and we have filled the whole building up with vendors. And every year it's a scramble to try to, you know, kind of keep what we want as a layout, but then fit maximum amount of vendors in here. But we think we got her down pretty good. So.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, Thursday at 10, 15, it's pretty... You know, there's plenty of room in the aisles, but I'm telling you, come Saturday afternoon, it's like shoulder to shoulder through. You know, it's, even yeah, it's crazy, it's scary, and yeah. it's
1: it's awesome <clears throat> to walk around here. And you know, if you ask me, name thirty people, you know, I don't know if I could name them all right off the top of my head, but it seems like I walk down these aisles and I know everybody. Yeah. And so, I mean, like guys like you, I met you at a show like this, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, some of my best friends in the world now i met at a trade show or a banquet or on the mountain hunting yeah and uh you know it i can't even begin to think what my life would be like if it wasn't for hunting and fishing in the outdoor industry i just can't even imagine
0: yeah well and that you know back to kind of your your purpose here with your auctioneering i mean that um it's that passion shows you know when you're on when you're on the stage and that's (laughs) that's what really caught my attention you know no offense to some of the other trade shows but we've um, again, I've, I have the chance now to go around to some of these other banquets and, and, and listen or watch other auctioneers get up and, um, they're not all created equal. Well, and you know, I think I, it shows, man. I appreciate that. I, there, I've had the chance to work with
1: some really, really good auctioneers. Uh, a couple of them are world champion cattle auctioneers. The guy I work with in, uh, Reno at the sheep show all the time, Keith Dinwood, he is, In my opinion, probably as technically sound an auctioneer as anybody on the planet, and uh, what what does that entail? Well, I mean, he never. I mean, his numbers. He never misses a number. He never forgets his place. He just, uh, I mean, he's just mentally money. organized. Yeah, he's like yeah. a machine. He just never met, you know, I'll, I'll get goofing around and joking and making <laughs> fun of somebody and then I'll forget where I'm at and he'll be standing behind me and have to remind me where I'm at and get me going again. The guy I worked with before him was also a world champion cattle auctioneer, uh, Lex Madden, who lives up in Torrington, Wyoming. Yeah, there we go. He, him and Keith were, are completely. Completely opposite in their personality, but he was also just so professional and polished. You know, and I get up there and get goofing around and talking and laughing and BSing and stomping on the stage and tipping over my water bottles and stuff. And my dad always tells me, you know, you could be a little easier on your voice and you might not be hoarse by the end of the expo. And I try, but I just can't do no it. No way, man. I mean, I just going, can't do it. You're going hard on the paint. You're leaving it all on the floor. No, I no, love I it. Gotta, you know, and you don't want to, you, <laughs> you, you got to be mindful not to lose your voice. But I kind of, you know, and it's more than just a just a weekend job for me. I mean, I'm very passionate
0: about what oh, I watch your, in- your so, Instagram posts and stuff and it's every weekend you're, and not just stuff like this, like, Oh, now I'm auctioning off some high school charity oh yeah, benefit. Yeah. And then I'm at a cattle deal or something. Right. Yeah, I, You know, they, people tell me all the time, you know,
1: geez, you, you know, you donate too much to this. You don't, you know, you give so much of your time away. And, and when it, you know, my daughter calls me up the other day and says, the high school baseball coach needs an auction auctioneer for their banquet and stuff and you know i feel like i i'm lucky enough to be able to do something to help and give back i mean i don't i can't write big checks like some of these guys do but it's fun to be able to donate a little time and and do something that can help a lot of organizations out so i enjoy that
0: well i think it's a universal principle um that continues to prove itself right whether it's here at gunworks or auctioneering or anything in life And the anomaly is um, if you want to receive, you need to give. And it's sometimes hard, especially when money's involved, I think, whether it's your personal business or your company or you work at a company or whatever it is, um, to grasp, completely grasp that and actually commit to it 100%. But I would dare say, you know, there... you. I mean, of course you could go bankrupt, giving everything away, <laughs> yeah, you know, in a support. business or whatever, <laughs> yeah. and you got to be smart and not stupid, but, um, it, you know, there's, there's always ways to give, give, give. Um, and it, and it usually comes back, you know, threefold, fourfold, fivefold or whatever. It seems like, um, you know, just again, just gun works here, um, watching, watching Aaron and Mike and these guys, um, you know, the amount of, free content that they would pump out, um, for years, you know, and you, and w- whether you shoot a GunWorks rifle or not, whether you even believe in long range hunting or not, um, you know, you can't deny just the free valuable content. Um, you know, a YouTube video talking about how to estimate wind drift or whatever with a seven millimeter bullet. And that's just, that's just purely Aaron, trying to make people better, you know, given some yeah. value. And And it's the same with your deal. And I'm sure that it's come back to you. You know oh, ten, yeah. tenfold. Yeah. like i said you know everybody that that uh
1: outside of my immediate family everybody that you know means anything to me in this world i met in this business in this industry from the outdoors or something like that so yeah it's you know it's something i love it's um i feel really blessed and really lucky to be able to be part of it the way i am and uh you know it's uh it's a lot of fun I love hunting I love fishing it's who I am and just to, you know I feel like I have kind of a unique niche in the business to be able to come to these events and do the auctions so
0: I always joke with my wife I'll be uh you know I I love to sing and I always uh-huh. joke like um, man, I would have made a great country music artist if I had the right voice, you know. <laughs> and it, I, I watch you, I watch you up on the stage. I'm like, man, I would have been a great auctioneer if I was as good as John, you know. Like, kind of, I just, uh, I just envy what you're doing. But I uh,
1: appreciate it. Yeah, um, little kids always ask me all the time, "How do you talk so fast?" And I told <laughs> one little kid the other day, as well, when I was little." about your age i got lippy to my mom and she slapped me and broke my jaw and it never healed up right now look man he gave me the look like one of these moms tell me don't tell him that that's how i'm gonna be an auctioneer uh
0: talk uh talk just about maybe one of your favorite tags here that you've auctioned or um well let, let me back up i mean let, let's kind of dive into what um you know what's actually going on here um talk talk just generally about the, the auctions that take place and where those dollars go and just kind of what, what it all entails.
1: Well, at the expo last year, geez, I believe we raised about 8 million bucks. You know, if you add everything up, uh, if you go, you can get on the, the, uh, Utah division of wildlife website and look and see all the work that we've done. But there are several years worth of projects that have been approved by the habitat council that have gone through the process and prioritized that are waiting for funding. So the second we sell, tonight we're selling the antelope island tag and all that money goes back out on the island. Uh, they had a big fire out there a couple of years ago, burned that place to the ground. We had a lot of money ready to go from the sale of these permits that we could go right back out there, seed, put guzzlers in, whatever we needed to do, replace the fences and get the island back up you know, and running habitat wise relatively quick there is projects all over this state and i tell you i uh, you know i i'm i'm no dummy i go around the country and i hear a lot of people talking about utah and a lot of people don't agree with the sell of permits and i've had a lot of conversations about that with people and you know i'd never tell anybody they're not entitled to their opinion but i definitely believe in it we do more habitat work here in the state of utah than the rest of the country does combined. we do a lot you can't drive around the state and not see a chaining or a seeding or a water project or read in the paper about a transplant
0: i was a big not a big but i saw the other end of what you're talking about as a wildland firefighter Mm -hmm. Um, i did that for three years and when we're not you know everyone wonders what we're doing when we're not fighting fires we're out doing chainings and bull hogging and fixing fence for wildlife. And that's a direct, you know, it all comes yep. around to this. Yeah. I'm sure. So we take, you know, we took, uh, well, I'll,
1: I'll give you a little example down on the LaSalle mountains. We wanted to do a, uh, a, uh, Rocky mountain goat transplant down there. We had to go through the public process. And of course all the anti hunters come out and anytime you're going to transplant an animal that you can shoot, they, they scream and throw a fit and don't like it and so we had to deal with that well then we had to go down you know and uh, do the uh the environmental assessment and all that make sure everything was going to be good and that everything's going to work out well then we had to go capture the the mountain goats do all the blood tests on them haul them down there turn them loose study them i mean that's one of the you know one of the many we just did a bighorn sheep transplant to the mineral mountains that we paid for with conservation permit money we've done the caller study that we're working in conjunction with byu where we go out and catch the pregnant does they'll catch the does uh put a little chip in a little transmitter that tells them when they drop their fawns then they go out and catch the fawn within a day or two put a caller on the fawn they follow the gps on the fawn and if Anything happens to the fawn, it sends out a mortality signal. The biologist gets on it within a day or two and determines what killed the fawn. And that's how we've really been able to tell this last year. I mean, we are learning crazy things about the effects of predators on our fawns. You know, we, we thought for years, well, it's obviously just coyotes killing our fawns. Well, in some of these units, bears are having a bigger effect on the fawns. Some of the units, lions are having a bigger effect. And we're just learning amazing things that are going to help us down the road do a better job Whether it's with predator management, whether it's a habitat issue, how much, you know, hard winters really affect our deer, all this stuff we're learning through the money that we're putting out from these conservation permits. And then we have the money also to do the chaining, the seeding, whether it's fence work, uh, water projects, 90% of every dollar goes right back on the ground. And it is the most people say where's the money go? That is the most audited money on the planet. Yeah. You know, we uh the state 90% of that is already spoken for and there's a project waiting 10% of it goes back to the organizations for marketing and and uh, operations, but 90% of that goes right back on the ground and there's projects waiting
0: for it right now. Pretty reasonable cut to me um you know in my opinion nine ninety ten. 90 10 What uh, you mentioned, you know, at the beginning, some people are against the tags. What is their argument, or what do you hear from guys who are, do have that opinion that they don't really get on board with the? the Well, they, you know, it's uh, a lot of it
1: is. How do I frame this up without sounding like a jerk? A lot of it, <laughs> in my opinion, is if I can't afford it, I don't want anybody else to be able to afford it, you know? because Now, I have bought a couple conservation permits. I bought an antelope tag once for thirteen hundred dollars and I bought an antelope tag once for eleven hundred dollars. <laughs> okay. You can't buy a gopher tag for eleven hundred dollars now. They you know, those tags that I paid, you know, like eleven hundred bucks for now are five thousand dollar antelope tags. But guys just they see somebody else, you know, that gets to hunt every year and they and that can afford it to spend money on those permits
0: and it just doesn't sit well with kind, some people kind of the must be nice attitude yeah, yeah.
1: you know and it, it must be nice you know and, and i see guys every year i stand up on that stage and sometimes the same guy will come well this year i'm going to buy this tag and this year i'm going to buy this tag well i you know what i i'll never have that kind of money but the guys that do have that kind of money the one guy that i talked to out in reno the other day that uh bought a tag for just a crazy amount of money he started out framing houses when he was about 18 years old and he's worked his guts out and built a business and now he can afford it and you know what good for him that's that's kind of the american way and uh you know i wish i could afford all those permits and hunt every year i can't i'm glad somebody that has that kind of money is willing to put that money back into wildlife because there's a lot of people that put it into other causes that work against us a lot of people donate a lot of money to the humane society they're not our friend you know, uh, a lot of people donate money to, uh, well, like Mr. Bloomberg, who's out mm-hmm. there telling everybody right now he's going to take all our guns away. You know, I don't agree with that. Come, that guy's come got, and get him. Yeah, that guy's <laughs> got zillions of dollars. I'm glad there's a lot of people with a lot of money willing to fight him. So it is a lot of, you know, the it must be nice. A lot of it, I think, is jealousy. I think also, though, there's a lot of people that just don't feel like we should sell hunting permits. They feel like it's too commercialized. I, and I would say this to those people. If you put a value on an animal, and it, you can really see this in Africa, okay? If you put a value on an animal, and that animal is all of a sudden valuable to a rancher or a farmer or a landowner to lease out their, whether it's their hunting rights to an outfitter, whether it's to run a CWMU like we have here in Utah, a private land unit, all of a sudden, those they're not a liability anymore. When I was a kid growing up, farmers didn't like deer. Farmers didn't like elk. All they did was eat their hay and tear up their fences. They weren't getting compensated. They really. weren't getting compensated. Well, now, <clears throat> on those same ranches where they didn't want any deer and elk, now those guys can bring guys in, sell them permits in the CWMU program, and put a couple permits in the draw that it, you know somebody in the general draw can get. Not only does that speak well for hunting private land is home to a lot of wildlife which benefits the public land around it so Every, everyone
0: loves to hunt public land right off the private because exactly that's where the so, big ones are <laughs> you know
1: I'll, i'd never tell anybody you know that they're they're wrong everybody's entitled to their opinion i am of the opinion that as long as wildlife has a value there will be a place for them and people will work to support whether you know you you just love deer and that's why you're working to protect them. But I tell you, there's a lot of landowners and a lot of ranchers that all of a sudden have taken an interest in the deer herd and the, and how well the deer herd's doing because all of a sudden they're an asset to them financially and not a liability. Yeah,
0: You know, some thoughts that came to mind as you're, as you're talking about that is first of all, don't we, we sell every permit. We do sell every permit. Absolutely. Every single permit that every guy's ever hunted, uh, your general, utah deer permit you know even back when it was over the counter was uh auctioned off for 35 dollars. you just paid it you know it was a flat fee so to speak right um you know and so what what's the difference what are we talking about here well we're talking about the fact that we're pulling you know uh, one percent or less i mean you could probably put a better number on uh, it
1: it's uh for any for the conservation permits in the state of utah it's uh for the unit conservation permits, it's 8% or, excuse me, 5% or 8 permits, whichever is less. Okay. is is the, So that it doesn't overtake. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And so as the permits grow, it'll never get over 8 permits. It can yeah. never be over 8 permits on any unit. And so...
0: Yeah. And and and, and then this, the second angle at this is may, maybe the guys feel like the guys who are buying this are pulling their big bucks or their big bulls or their big sheep or whatever out from under them if they were to just to draw one naturally in the draw maybe you know yeah you know and 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 i would argue that those guys you're not going to kill that buck anyway no (laughs) i've done this long enough to know uh that unless it's just pure dumb luck most of us aren't going to kill you know the Biggest, absolute biggest. You know, but I, I, I will say this. Okay, I will
1: say this. Here,
0: you know, people think, well, this guy
1: spends this much money on the on the Henry's tag. He spends a hundred grand on the Henry's tag, or sixty grand, or whatever it is. Okay, usually the biggest deer on the Henry's is killed by somebody that just drew it that spent some time and did their homework <laughs> so, I, so i was wrong yeah <laughs> but you know so now do the outfitters kill big deer absolutely they do but yeah. I, I will also tell you this we kill 200 inch deer on every unit in the state not just the henry's not just the Ponce Gump, not just the oak creeks every general season unit some high school kid has been watching a giant my buck
0: my brother is figured him out my brother's that guy killed the 220 something 224 buck uh on it was a it was a technically limited entry tag that they opened up but it mm-hmm. was a general unit you know so there you go point okay yep. so we uh there's big deer you
1: just got to go figure them out big deer die hard i'm here to tell you big deer <laughs> yeah. die hard they're, they're they're big for a reason big elk are the same way i'd i'd rather hunt i'm a deer guy over an elk guy yeah, I sir. argue with my friends about that all the time can't you see know? but we're fist bumping <laughs> yeah, yeah you know people <laughs> tell, oh no elk is bad i love elk big elk are amazing big elk walk out in the middle of the rut and stand in the open yeah. and scream at you come shoot me
0: hey i i so, went <laughs> i went through a big elk phase too and uh you know then i matured and now i'm on to yeah, mule deer yeah, <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd rather shoot a bit
1: you know if you give me a 200 inch buck or it's 380 bull i'm taking the 200 inch buck every yeah. year. that doesn't mean to, my dad is a diehard elk guy so yeah, yeah. we have that conversation <laughs> all the time but you know there's big deer everywhere the guys that kill big deer sometimes get lucky you know i know guys that have driven down the road and seen a deer oh that looks like a great buck and uh you know they get out and walk up to him tip him over and he's a giant but i think yeah. that's that's rare but there are a lot of big deer in the state of utah you just got to go find them yeah
0: and you know and 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 so all, all that being said i mean to me, though, isn't it just as simple as, hey, we've got this precious resource and we've got a, 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 an organization or, a, you know, a platform here to come together as a group and basically pull a certain percentage of that that's worth so much to someone or they're willing to pay so much to dump back in the system, you know, like <laughs> – Pull one and get 10 out of it, you know, because back to the, you know, the on the ground tactics in Utah, you're right. It's, I think it's second to none. I've, you know, I saw it working literally out in the field as a, you know, as, as a wildland firefighter, I was never like a biologist or anything like that. But, um, and then just as a hunter on the ground, um, you know, I grew up in Nevada Mm -hmm. and you know what they do when a burn rolls through in Nevada nothing (laughs) they just it just sits there as a burn the wild horses come in and take it over and that's a whole nother Uh, conversation that's a whole whole nother conversation yeah you know what they're doing in utah they're they're seeding they're flying it they're dropping new seed and then you know within uh the next spring grass knee high uh waist highs popping back up i've heard guys like you know guys that kill big bucks like carter talk about burns produce big bucks you know i mean he's made his living basically that guy drives me crazy every time i look <laughs> on instagram there he is grinning with another giant deer, deer right. giant some guys just have the knack man yeah he's yeah. one of them yeah and the time right? and uh so anyway it's it's always made sense to me uh you know i'm willing to to give you know a small percentage to really you know ultimately fund more than any of us are willing to fund as a collective group really you know, or or, uh, or a substantial amount, you absolutely. know at least. And uh... you know, and I I give you
1: sheep. Sheep hunting is is amazing. I've been lucky enough to kill a couple sheep. If uh, if you want to see a success story, there was a time where we had like six sheep tags in the state of Utah. <laughs> well, we took a couple of those tags and started selling them. Got some money. Started doing some transplants, some translocations. Now we have. I don't even know how many sheep tags we have now. Fifty, sixty in the state of utah we didn't have wild turkeys in the state of utah only in a couple spots now well, they're we started raising some money and they,
0: now they're everywhere you they gotta spray for them yeah <laughs> you
1: know there's so many turkeys so you know uh mountain goats are the same way uh, you know we've transplanted them and they are booming so there's a lot of success stories because of our conservation permit program
0: um you know and and to kind of bring that full circle talk about you've mentioned multiple times uh you know these projects and stuff and i know because i've i think i've seen you know posts or video or whatever of you actually out there in the field helping with these things right talk about the it's got to have a sense of accomplishment really to come full circle to know that you're the guy not that you're the guy necessarily paying for it obviously but you're the guy up there you know saying hey guys come on like we can do better you know i've heard you up there on the stage like come on you guys got more this tag's worth more than that and then boom you you, you get it and you're out there in the field i will uh, i'll tell
1: you this okay i'm very lucky to be able to be the guy standing up there on the microphone but the tags and the quality of the animals that's what sells the tags so that's a lie no nah, i'm telling you I've, I, I you know <laughs> i might i might talk somebody out of another bid once in a while and that's my job to make you know people tell me all the time i just passed a good buddy of mine's an outfitter <laughs> over here and he's i'm bidding on tax tonight he says as soon as i raise my hand he says you dropped the hammer and i said well <laughs> here's the deal my job is to make sure you don't get a deal yeah, okay? yeah. my job is to make sure they don't go cheap and i tell guys all the time you know if we are going to take these permits and sell them we're basically saying all right we are donating these permits to the money gods and he's going to round rain down good habitat on us that's what we're doing okay we're going to turn those <laughs> that those permits into money and turn that money into good habitat we owe it to everybody involved to get the absolute maximum dollar for those permits the absolute max it, it's not about getting your buddy a deal on it, it that is absolutely not the case it is my job to make sure we get as much money for those permits so that we can do what we said we're going to do we're going to take that money and go out and turn it into more wildlife and that's what it's all about. Yeah. So, And I, I remind guys about that all the time. No, no, my job is to make sure you don't get a deal. My job is to milk you for every penny, and I'm going to do it. So, come,
0: come on, I believe, I believe I would. I believe I would.
1: That's right. So, oh. <laughs>
0: yeah. I love it. If you don't know that reference, you need to get to the expo. Yeah, that's, you
1: know, you get used to saying something my kids will still tell me all the time. I'll ask them a question. You know, you're going to go out tonight? Yeah, I believe I would. They'll mock me <laughs> on all my little catchphrase. Raises, so, yeah
0: sold sold it uh talk maybe just briefly here about uh some of your favorite tags you've auctioned off you know we mentioned antelope island that's yep, probably antelope a big island's one
1: island's always
0: fun uh hey, explain antelope island
1: for antelope listeners island. who are not you okay, know antelope western island is uh island out in the great salt lake that has deer there's a couple antelope uh there's buffalo out there and our buddies at Kuyu uh, just uh, paid for a giant transplant out there of uh, bighorn sheep. We had, we got uh, some pasturella out there, killed off the sheep that were out there. There was a few left. The state went out and they call it depopulating. It means they went out and shot all the sheep because they were sick. And then Kuyu paid for some sheep off the Rocky Boy Indian Reservation, I believe that's the Indian Reservation in Montana, and brought them down. They're amazing genetics. Yeah. So Antelope Island, you know, there are giant, giant, giant deer out there. People might think, well, it's an island. No, 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 no. It's it's big. Massive. I can, yeah, I can't I can't even begin to remember how many acres are out there, but it's a hunt. It's you know, it's definitely a hunt. And we tried for years to get. Tags out there. Well, then the Park Service got hard up for money and came to us and said, "Hey, will you sell a permit?" Well, absolutely, we'll sell a permit. And it's uh, we sell a well. We used to sell a sheep tag. We're not going to sell a sheep tag out there for quite a while now. 20, we,
0: 28 thousand acres. Yeah,
1: twenty-eight thousand acres out there. 15, that's a big. That's a big chunk of ground.
0: Fifteen miles by four by five miles, basically. Yep. yep. So,
1: and we usually sell that permit anywhere between. Two hundred and I think the most I've sold it for is four hundred and ten thousand. Uh the most I've ever sold any permit for was the Montana. Is it the Montana or the Alberta? Forget now, I have to look it up. Out in Reno, uh, governor's tag sold it for four hundred and eighty thousand dollars once.
0: Does that make you a little bit nervous, just like what's actually happening there? Or you just
1: you know, it's uh you don't want to screw up when you're dealing <laughs> with guys that have that kind of money, because anybody with that kind of money's probably got a
0: lawyer. You know,
1: you don't want to come <laughs> after you. I so I've had I've had a lot of fun with that. I've had.
0: Uh, well and you you say that but you get in those situations i've seen it in there a couple of times where it gets a little bit you can tell the tensions going a little one way because someone thought that they had a bid oh or, yeah guys yeah you know, oh no i had it or you know you didn't yeah, i you know or whatever the the beauty about being the auctioneer is whatever
1: i don't mean to sound like an arrogant jerk but whatever i say is is so if someone say, someone's yeah, got to make the if call if, yeah, yeah somebody's got to be the <laughs> Somebody's got to be the uh, the boss, and that's kind of the job of the auctioneer. You stand up there, and if I say you're in, and the other guy says, "Well, I thought I was in," mm-hmm. no, no, this guy's in, and now you got to be yeah, which is this. fine
0: on your fifteen hundred dollar
1: antelope doe yeah, tag. You know, <laughs> guys, you know I've been at you know three hundred thousand dollars, and and you know there's guys that want it. One guy will bid. Going ten thousand dollar jumps, and I get another guy. You can tell he's running out of money because he wants to go three hundred thousand and fifty dollars. Nah, nah, nah. You're gonna not nickel and diamond. Yeah. You're not nickel and diming me like that. You know, the <laughs> other guy just went ten thousand. I'm not going to insult him by taking your fifty dollar bid. You know, and yeah. sometimes you'll cut them. You'll half a bid when it gets down to the end. But uh you know, sometimes yeah, you got to. Sometimes you got to be bossy and you got to tell guys where it's at. And uh, you know the ring men are out there i got all the guys that are ringing for me and spotting bids out there they'll come up to me after and say, said boy that guy was sure cussing you for not taking these well you know when you're at four hundred thousand dollars i'm not taking a twenty dollar bid on top of that you got to mm-hmm. be you know and so that kind of stuff it gets a little tense because sometimes because you're dealing with a lot of money and there's only one of those permits and yeah. if a guy wants it and he's got a limit you know he wants it and he's yeah, got cause... all these buddies there watching him and stuff and so it's a little you know i don't i try not to embarrass guys but once in a while you got to tell them no you're nah. not doing that so
0: yeah because i mean to, and, and so back to the antelope island i mean talk about the caliber of deer that oh, are that man. are at stake here
1: i mean you yeah i don't know how many deer we've shot out there now that are over 35 inches wide for you know and i know there's been a couple of them pushing that 40 mark and they're just you know 200 and 30 inch deer and they're all kind of freaks and it's just yeah it's unbelievable and i'm telling you that money saved that island's bacon out there when that fire went through there and so that's a good that's a good example of uh, that permit doing things for that island now not only do we sell a permit out there but there's an antelope island permit in the in the general draw that people can apply for so one and one yeah, on in that fact we had at one of our sportsman fish wildlife banquets a couple weeks ago we had an old boy who was a uh, world war ii vet and uh actually he was excuse me he was a uh, vietnam vet and he had drawn that permit and we had him get up and tell the story about hunting down that big buck and how he missed it and had to go find it again and how he you know, had a hard time getting the gun up and holding it to his shoulder because of his war wounds and stuff. And I'm here to tell you, you there was 500 people in that banquet hall and you could have heard a pin drop while that old boy was telling that story. It was yeah.
0: awesome. Uh, speaking of the stories in there, one of my favorites that they do at those auctions was um, the gentleman who uh, put the bullet through Bin Laden. Is mm-hmm. that here? A yes, couple of years was, ago?
1: Yes, he was the... Uh, rob o'neill he was the keynote a couple years ago yeah
0: oh yeah T- talk about just to s- sum up here just kind of talk about some of those experiences you've had from you know the years of the expo oh, and man the-
1: well uh, yeah rob o'neill was amazing marcus Latrell, lone survivor amazing and uh i tell you one of the craziest experiences i had was a couple years ago ted nugent was here and he played the national anthem I was in there. Uh, yeah. He played in the anthem. Well, I walked around backstage and it was, you know, I could, I do some of the voice of God stuff and some of the announcing back there. So I'm standing <laughs> backstage and the Nuge walks off stage. It's just me and him back there, puts his guitar in his guitar case. And I says, man, that was that was awesome. He turns around, looks at me, holds up both hands, you know, and goes, that is from we the bleeping people. <laughs> And turns around and walks off, and I'm just like, you know, how many people can ever say they had an experience like that with a nuge? And what so, just happened? Yeah, you? you know, I've met a couple of the secretary of interiors back there. I've met the vice president, uh, vice president Cheney, and it's, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. You see a lot of cool things standing back there behind, waiting to go on. Of course, there's always a concert after the banquet, usually. And so you have the uh, band manager back there stomping on the stage telling me, hurry up, hurry up. We're supposed to go on at this time, and you're running late. And so, you know, people always ask, what's it like to do those auctions? And I always tell them, well, you get all the biggest tags. You get all the celebrities in the outdoor industry. You get all the heavy hitters that want to buy the permits. You get all your friends, all your family. You know, you get a band. You get the secretary of interior. You know, you get all these people and all these things in the same room. And then uh, they say, okay, we're running a little late. We need you to make up some time. We want you to get absolute maximum dollar for all these permits. <laughs> don't say anything crazy to get us sued. Don't offend anybody because we want them all to come back. And uh, here's the microphone. Go. Yeah, go. You know, so it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's not, a rush. Def- it's, I definitely, still get nervous. Definitely not for everybody. It's, well, I I don't know. I always think if I could do it, anybody could do it. But it's, <laughs> you, you get... Uh, I still get nervous. I still get butterflies before I walk out there. One of the people asked me all the time, do you get nervous? The little auctions and that I don't quite as much. I will. The most nervous I ever was was uh, when Jeff Foxworthy was kind of our guest MC, And this has been quite a few years ago. And he introduced me and Rob introduced me and i walk out there and jeff foxworthy had just done a set and he's standing on the stage with me and i mean jeff foxworthy that's big time man dude's an icon you know and and i walk out there and he's standing there next to me and he just starts talking to me and i mean anything you say that guy can turn on you you know <laughs> well his brother had just <laughs> shot might him. be a redneck yeah, exactly, john you. You know? And he, he had just <laughs> uh he had just told us about hunting deer down on the Heaton ranch and his brother shot a monster deer and he'd told us beforehand you know how he wished he would have shot his brother's deer and how much bigger his brother's deer was than him well we get to the henry mountains tag and he says man he says henry mountains he says it's great i says jeff we got big deer on the henry mountains I says, big like your brother's deer on the Henry <laughs> mountains. And he just kind of, you know, rolls his eyes, puts his microphone down and he goes, buddy, I'm the comedian up here. So. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of yeah. funny. It Can't BS a BSer. Yeah, there's there's yeah. been
0: some fun moments doing all that. Well, cool, man. Where do you see what, what what's exciting coming up? uh any maybe tags that you're auctioning off uh this show or or just general you know wherever you want to take it here something you see you know where you see this going in the future or anything you're excited about
1: well you know the the show in general we've got
0: i mean we're full we can't
1: really uh fit any more vendors so now you start looking at vendors and trying to really get the the best of the best you know the the high quality guys that are going to bring people to the show Make, making sure you got the most high class quality vendors you can you can fit in. That's always a uh, always a challenge, always something we're looking at doing. Of course, we have the 200 permits that we get from the state of Utah that people apply for, you know, we want to make sure we maximize that the best way we can How to get maximum dollars. All that money, you know, the five dollar application fee, that money all goes right back on the ground that we do projects with. And we have a little more leeway as to what projects we can do with that. So if there's projects that maybe might not fit right into the habitat, uh you know realm or something like that we do a lot of youth hunts we do a lot of youth pheasant hunts first time hunter uh bird hunts and things like that with that kind of stuff to try to uh, get people involved in hunting i think you know man it's just every year we walk away and go man it was amazing how do we how do we make it better and uh well We have the Secretary of Interior coming back, you know, we have everybody running for governor for the state of Utah that's showing up because you've got to keep those kind of people involved in what we're doing here because ultimately they control, I mean, they control the land, they control the budget in the state and how much of it goes to the Division of Wildlife or if it goes somewhere else. And it's important to keep those kind of people involved. That's one thing this show has really done is it's provided a platform where we get all the decision makers in one room, show them how much hunting means to not just the state of Utah, but the whole Western US, the whole US as a whole, the whole world, really. And uh, why it's important that they pay attention to the hunters, why it's important for us to have their ear, to have their respect and uh, let them know that, you know what, hunters are the real conservationists. Hunters are and I I said this once in a wildlife board meeting and the animal rights people went crazy. I, you know, I said it over the microphone that we have wildlife because we hunt wildlife. And, you know, and that, that was kind of an off the cuff comment. And uh, but the more I thought about that, man, it's Nailed a it. fact. It is a fact. And so, you know, not only is it a is it a wildlife issue here, but a Second Amendment issue, which I think is the most important thing we can be worried about right now. You know, of course, you're in the gun business that affects you in all kinds of ways. You know I find it uh kind of interesting to come to these, and you know you're in the long range business. I sat in a in a seminar and listened to a guy talk about how long range, how amazing it is, and then walk out in the hallway and another guy lit him up saying how he didn't didn't agree with long range <laughs> and all that and I'm sure you have those kind of conversations every day. It's fine to have those conversations. We need to have those conversations you know in a setting like this, not in the media not on social media. We don't we need to stand together. We can have all kinds of disagreements. You and me can disagree on what caliber's the best, how far we should be shooting at, how many deer tags we should have. I mean, me and you have talked on social media a little bit about general season hunting in Utah and how many tags there should be in the season dates and stuff like that. We need to stick together as an industry. If, if we all agree, somebody's not doing their job. That's just a fact. If we right. all agree on everything, one of us isn't paying attention but we need to stick together as an industry. We need to make sure that the decision makers and not just in the county and the state, but in the country have our respect and that we show them that we're standing together, that we are a huge voting block. Cause I'm here to tell you people that don't hunt, people that don't hunt, there's a lot more of them than people that do okay we need them also to look at us we need them to come to these conventions to these shows look around and see well these are great guys they don't necessarily have to hunt you don't have to hunt but they need. we need them to respect hunting and we need them to to be okay with hunting because they will ultimately decide if we hunt yeah. and uh you know if they vote there's a lot of them and we need to stand together as an industry we need to show that we, you know that we're professional, that we're classy, that we're not the way the anti-hunters portray us to be.
0: Well, there's, you know, there's a lot of those guys that you mentioned, guys and gals that, like you said, they like to get behind a screen and uh, make as much noise as they can. And then on the flip side, uh, you know, if you if you want to see something different, be a part of the change, you know. Absolutely. And I think, I think to sum up here, you're the guy that I see, you know, in one way or another or multiple ways being a part of the change. So appreciate you. I oh, appreciate it, man. I appreciate you having me on. I
1: uh, love what you guys do here at yeah. Gunworks. Amazing stuff. And uh, appreciate your friendship and appreciate you guys coming and being part of the show. And uh, look forward to uh, doing it for a lot of years still.
0: Yeah, buddy. We'll have to uh, get you up there, maybe up in Cody this summer, come down or get you up to our enzyme class and do some. Uh... Oh, yeah, man. Twist my arm. Who wouldn't want to go to Cody who, for Who a few wouldn't days, want to go man? shoot some <laughs> steel? Yeah, I got you. All right, John. Have a good show, buddy. All right. Thanks, buddy. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Finding Backcountry podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and mention it to your friends. But the best thing you can do, leave a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. For notes and links to this and other episodes, please visit FindingBackcountry.com.